0: It's so good to be back here, and um, it still feels like home to be in a lot of ways. Uh, we lived in this community for a, a good period of our lives. Our kids grew up here. Um, I think I grew up here. I uh, met my wife here. Uh, we've done a lot of life here. Just looking at old Barbara sitting here, a lot of people we've shared some amazing moments with, and it, it, and it is a privilege to be back here. You know, we've been back a few times, but 24 years ago, yes, God put a dream on our heart. And I was just looking at the scripture Paul talked about in the Bible, that you know, one man might sow, another man might water, and someone else comes in and makes it grow. And you know, it, the cool thing is we're in this together. But Jesus, the rightful Lord of our hearts, is also the head of the church. And he said he's going to build the church and actually you know, the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it. That was his words, not ours. And um, as I've got older in the tooth, walking with Jesus, it's true. I've become increasingly more passionate about the local church. And I think by nature, I could have been more of a reformer than a, a revivalist. I, I have a very strong social conscience. Uh, I have a very strong sense of wanting to bring justice and outreach to the poor and the broken. And, uh, but as I've pressed more into God, my love for His church... And the planting of his church and the display of his grace through the life of the church is an amazing thing. And it is God's grace that I'm, I'm back here today, and I, I receive that. Thank you. Quite often you're invited back to, to apologize, but, um, <laughs> but we're back here to blow some wind and some sails. I want to read some scripture because what we're doing today, and I said to, to Joseph, let's leave the kids in because actually we're in this together, young and old. eh? It's not about the adults, it's about who we are as whanau. And God's building a house, and it's young and old, and it's family, and it's multi-generational, and that's the cool thing about it. We're all part of his living stones. Um, But eldership is is a weighty thing. It's not about being old. It's just about being the right person at the right place in the right state of grace to receive responsibility. It is about governance. It's about leadership. It's about shepherding. It's about care. It's about recognition. So we're recognizing today in this dear couple upon Robert's life. We're recognizing grace and anointing and call, but we're also recognizing patterns of behavior, lifestyle. We're recognizing a household that also has the hallmarks and the fingerprints of God all over it. It's a cool thing. This is not a good idea. This is a God idea. And that's why it needs to be. And we take the weight of that seriously. And um, Robert's had a little bit of homework to do. He's had to read some stuff. And we've met together and we've talked. And I know Joseph's been speaking into the situation as well. But I want to read some scripture because I'm going to reference it in a moment. I'm going to put some weighty questions to this dynamic couple here. I'm going to put some questions to them. And we're doing this in a public forum, but we're also doing it before our God. Before Jesus the rightful Lord of our hearts, but also the head of the church. So this is a this is a covenant moment. So the questions I'm going to put isn't just let's just do the religious thing. No, let's do the right thing. Let's see what God does in experience. But this is some scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote about eldership. And, um, man, I feel convicted every time I read this because it calls me up. Isn't it cool? You know, truth's not given to us so that we can just know it it's so we can become it. So when we read truth, it's, let it jump off the page and bite you on the heart. And, and when we read it, sometimes you realize, oh my goodness, I need to adjust my life to this. So we aren't perfect. We're just perfectly placed. We are called by God, and God's still at work within us. But listen to this. It says, <laughs> chapter 3 of 1 Timothy. It says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. There is honor wrapped up in this. Um, But an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. Whoa, some weight comes on us. He he must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control. Live wisely and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests into his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent, praise the Lord. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome. Man, I feel guilty already. No, he must be gentle and not quarrelsome and not love money. I don't have much. Um, He must manage his own household and family well, having children who respect and obey him. You hear that, boys? Respect and obey your parents, right? No, sorry. <laughs> uh, for a man cannot manage his own household, then how can he take care of God's church? It's practical, isn't it? But there's weight wrapped up. This is God's word. An elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud. And the devil would cause him to fall and mess up the church. I'll put that little bit in myself there. Um, <laughs> Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. So it's just weighty scriptures. So Rob's read these, and Leanne and Rob and I have met together and we've talked this through together. And um, So I'm going to ask Robert and Leanne to come and stand with us, and family, if you want to come and stand with us well. And uh, I'm going to put some questions, first of all, to Robert, coming on in his eldership. Uh and then to them as a couple you want the Kotaway nice Joe and Lydia you want to come and um, Tells and Vernon Paul and Tan you want to come and stand with us as well Get your boy. come on Teresa you want to come and stand I'm just going to put some questions to these guys and then in a moment I'm going to ask you to stand with us and I know some of you are visiting with us today. It's all right, so am I. <laughs> so are we. And so are we, so Paul and Tan, yeah. But um, I'm going to ask you to stand with us as well because we're giving witness to something that's important. So first of all, I'm going to put a question to Robert. There's only one answer, Robert. All right? It's yes, but um, <laughs> it's cool that you get the answer before you get the question. But, you know, Robert... John Andrew, do, do you acknowledge before God and, and this congregation as we gather here at the gate that you've read, you also accept the qualifications of a New Testament, Testament biblical local church elder as expressed and explained in 1 Timothy 3 1 to 7? That's what I just read. Yes, I do. Did you hear that? Right answer. That's cool. Um, this is to Robert and Leanne together. Uh, do you acknowledge before God in this congregation that it's gathering at the Gate that as a couple, Rob and Leanne, that you've prayerfully considered and processed this decision together before God and you are feeling called to accept this role and the responsibility that's associated with being an elder here at the Gate in Papakura? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, correct answer again. It's wonderful. Do you want to stand with me, Church Whanau? It's cool. This is a question for you, Church Whanau. Um, Church Fano, here at the gate, do you acknowledge before God and those gathered here today that you now receive Robert and Leanne John Andrew? as an eldership couple on your eldership team, led by Joseph and Lydia. Yeah. Woo! All right. Party's on. <laughs> That's cool. We're going to take some oil. Um, this is nice smelling oil. Somebody prepared it for me. Uh, I can't remember who, but it's, it's very cool. We, we do what the Bible says. We want to anoint with oil. There's no magic stuff in the oil. It's just being obedient. But we're recognizing again, We want to welcome the Holy Spirit and that whatever God's asking these two to do and this eldership team to do, God's expecting to do with them. And there are spirit gifts and spirit engagement and spirit-led shepherding that take place through the eldership. And so what we want to do is just take oil and as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, we want to ask and pray now. We're going to anoint with oil through the laying on of hands and commission. And release these two now into this eldership team. Is that cool? All right. You can stretch your hands forward if you want to. And um, you can. That's nice. Who's this? Is the kōrua? The gates. It's nice. So, Robert, we anoint you from the crown of your head and to the soles of your feet. We recognize God's call on your life, God's grace on your life. But well done too we recognize your qualification for this role. We want to anoint you now and see you set apart as an elder in this gate, in the southern gateway of the city of Auckland. We welcome, Lord God, the impartation now of your spirit upon him to lead and to govern alongside and under the leadership of Joseph and Lydia. Lord God, Vernon and Tails, we just want to thank you for your grace, your anointing and your enablement. Lord God, upon Leanne, we anoint as well this beautiful person, this helpmate, this woman that is full of gift and grace as well. We thank you for the trophy of grace that both these two represent, Lord God, Father, in who they are and their followership of you. But now we ask, as they've been set apart for this role, Father, release your Holy Spirit. Release your Spirit. Lord God, to anoint, to impart grace, release wisdom, and minister your truth as elders, in this season, in the life of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Hugs and handshakes all around, eh? <laughs> it's so cool. Amen. You may be seated, dear friends, and um, I'll let children. I think we've got to release them now, do we? Okay, kids, where's the kids? Are the kids here? Are they gone? Okay, bye, kids. <laughs> if the children are still here, um, you can go to your um, program this morning. So it's just in the back room. Thank you. It's cool. Do you want to turn, if you've got a Bible with you, to Psalm one hundred and thirty-nine? And it's a very cool and a rich psalm. And and what I want to do, I've entitled this um, uh, an invitation that follows a revelation. An invitation that follows a revelation. And I, I'm praying this morning that you can be witness to the revelation that's in this text. I, I'm really praying. I'm praying for a miracle today. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart, yep, you, not the fellow or the person around you or alongside you, 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 your heart would be flooded with God's light today. I, I'm praying that your ears we'd hear God's word for you. There's something personal in this wrapped up in it. So, but I'm praying that the invitation that follows the revelation, you'll get this revelation and then you'll hear the invitation. There's another psalm. I love the psalms. I just, I've been doing a little bit of series in the psalms back home. And there's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 27. And in Psalm 27, in, in the New Living Translation, it says, My heart has heard you say, Come and meet with me. And in my heart, I respond, yes, Lord, I'm coming. It's, it's a beautiful psalm. But it's a richness and it's a beautiful picture. It's like, um, and I, 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 I want you to understand something. There is room. There's a welcome. There's a beautiful invitation with your name on it around God's throne. God's table, God's house. It's a cool thing, eh? Um, I'm going to get into the psalm in a moment, and we're going to read it in sections, and there's just some points. But I've, as I was praying in prayer, Paul and Tan, Monique, Psalm 100. And when we planted this gate, what was God put in our hearts was to learn how to be elders that sat in the southern gateway of the city of Auckland, and we had a reasonably big footprint already in stuff that we were doing, but God put it in our hearts to figure out what it meant to actually learn how to serve and to love the city. And one of the scents of the gates was learning how to discern the gates and think, how do we walk through those? And why I mentioned Paul and Tan and Monique, because obviously we witnessed on Thursday... uh, one of the hardest things I think a parent or a grandchild could do. Whew. And, um, yeah, I cried bucket loads, but I laughed as well in the midst of the joy and the presence and the strength that was here. So a hard moment on Thursday, but so hope-filled. Even just seeing you again this morning, Manny. There's a beauty in you. There's a strength in you. There's a grace in you. I want to encourage you in that. This is what Psalm 100 says. It says, Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead. Just do it. Everyone, everywhere. This is the Passion Translation. I love it. As you serve Him, be glad and worship Him. Sing your way into the presence with joy. Talitha. Man, I love the way you got stubborn with us today, girl. It's awesome. And as you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the living Lord our God. This is the psalm. It's beautiful, isn't it? For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through. This is the, the point I want to raise. You can pass through this open gate. With the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. God was teaching us in this church when we were here, and it's still teaching us today how to be elders that sit at the gates of the city. But he also wants to teach us how to be elders that sit at his gates. And I want to say, I saw it. I saw something on Thursday, and I heard it again this morning in the way that you lead. And Joseph, it oozes out of you and Lydia. Praise is such a powerful gateway. Praise positions people for revelation from God. Praise anchors us in the hope. A merry heart is good like a medicine. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And even in times that wants to suck the life out of us, we can find strength and joy. And now Waiwai, we're in the gates of God's praises. It's awesome, eh? Beautiful. Pass through and the open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that he will amaze you, so that kind that he will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards you all. I love those words like amaze and astound. Isn't that cool? He's going to punch beyond our idiot, you know, educated idiot boxes. He's going to punch beyond what we could ever think. Isn't that cool? He's going to say, Come on, let's kick the ceiling out of whatever thought or revelation or understanding that you've got. I'm bigger than that. Sorry, I'm getting excited. Um, isn't it cool? So kind that it will stand your. His, he is famous for his faithfulness. He's famous for his faithfulness. Look at the mirror. <laughs> Look in the mirror and excited. God is faith, famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for He keeps His promises to every generation. Um, it's good news. Hey, jump back into Psalm 139. But, you know, in this gateway, you know, I was just saying to Teresa while we were worshiping, I said, I wonder if the gate worship team would come down and hang with us for a weekend. And I'm not just saying. But... Shut up here. Yeah. I'm talking. Limit <laughs> <laughs> me, mean, okay? You can't get good help with any need the But I just, why say that? Lord, forgive me. Is—is <laughs> is There's a grace anointing on this church for praise, and it's one of your gateways. I, I, I prophesy that over you. It's something for you to build, but it's also something for you to take with you to other places that you go to and actually demonstrate what that means. Okay? So that was free. All right. So look, God knows the real you, Psalm 139. says, oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. Hello. woohoo! <laughs> Just hold that thought. You, you know when I sit down or when I stand up, true story. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. Man, that scripture gets me into trouble. (laughs) Because I don't even know what I'm about to say before I say it. But, you know, (laughs) you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. God knows the real you. I don't know how much time you spend trying to be somebody else. I don't know how much time you you spend even being tough on yourself. How much time do you spend putting yourself down? The thing is, God knows the real you. And we're going to see as we dig into this a bit, not only does he know you, he loves you. He loves you, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. It's like sometimes you think, well, have people really got to know who I am? They wouldn't really, yeah. But God knows the real you, and he loves you. Just hold that thought, because there's something powerful in that. See, If you understand that he knows you and he loves you, you know what it tells us in another part of Scripture? Perfect love, puts the boot and casts out fear. How much do you do that's motivated by the fear of being rejected or the fear of being found out or the fear of having the covers lift off who you are? There's a revelation here today that also comes with an invitation. (laughs) It's, It's such a cool thing. Second point, verse 7 to 12, look at this. I better go quick. I can never escape from your spirit. What does never mean? Hello? Never. What's the Māori word for never? Nifa. <laughs> Nifa. But you know what? It doesn't matter because if, if if it's the Maori word for nifa you know what it means? Nifa. Pete, man, you've always been a cheeky little beggar. I love it, eh? It says, "You can never escape from God's Spirit. I can never get away from Your presence." You know, that, that's amazing. It's amazing this thing. It's a, it 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 really is. It's like, hello. So if I go up to heaven, you were there. If I go down into the grave, you were there. It's true. Paul's little post about Taya, you know. What I mean, you know, he, he, I love how he said it. We prayed that Jesus would come and heal. He came and took her home. And that's because we've been born for eternity, not just for time. And God gives us time to get to know Him for eternity. That's a beautiful truth. But you know the thing is, is that it doesn't matter where we go. If 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 I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there, Your hand will guide me and Your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from You. For You, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to You. What happens to darkness when you turn the light on? Who cares? You know, it, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Isn't that awesome? And it's like He's closer than you think. Isn't that cool? I like it. All right. Now, you may want to hide, but you can't. Um, you know who wrote the psalm? King David. The adulterer, the murderer, the liar, that one. The one that knew God and almost sort of gave the proverbial finger to knowing God and went and did his own thing because he was lusting in his heart. That guy. He tried to hide in the darkness, but he couldn't. He tried to cover up his sin, but he couldn't. He tried to hide his shame, but he couldn't. He tried to hide his lies, but he couldn't. he tried to hide his pain, but he couldn't. So he writes the psalm. I now mean, I tried, I tried, I tried. I, you know me, you know me, Lord. you know me. you know me, God. That's the revelation, friends that's reaching out to us today. God knows you he knows where you're living right now he knows what's going on in your head in your heart and the manifestation of your life right now but what's amazing is what he does with that knowledge and david gets this revelation of it as well it's amazing See, david wasn't always picture perfect i've already painted that but you know a third of the psalms he wrote because he was a worshiping warrior Even though he's stuffed up, he knew a God that loved him. Even though he really, really, really did some terrible things, he knew a God that loved him to redeem him. What I like about God is he he doesn't just rub our nose. He doesn't rub our nose at all in our rubbish. In fact, he wants to redeem it. It's awesome. I was telling somebody the other day, Barb, about Rex's funeral. Barb's husband, Rex. You know, there was standing room only outside buildings were overflowing and the spontaneous haka as we carried that dear man out let the redeemed of the lord say so you know he didn't die broken he died whole and even though cancer might have taken him god had him in his hand It was powerful but you know it's awesome he he was somebody too i, I loved Rexy. But he had to, you know, he battled with shame. He battled with guilt. But he found his a Waiwai. He found his place of standing. He found his place of worth because the redemptive pathway of God took him out of darkness into his wonderful light. Isn't that good news? That's why the gospel's called good news. <laughs> it's good news. It's awesome. It's cool, isn't it? Um, number three, God has always been at work in your life. What is always in (laughs) Maori? Nifa, sorry. (laughs) But God has always been at work in your life. That's like, hello, what do you mean? The thing is, God's at work even when we're not aware of it. God's at work even when we're not working with him. God's at work. Look what the scripture says. It says, You made me, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mum's womb. Okay, that's going back in the day. Yes, God knew this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God! They cannot be numbered. Can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. It's amazing. (laughs) God's at work. Have you ever had those sort of like deja vu moments? You know, all of a sudden you look back and you go, wow, I've never seen that before. You know, you, realize, you thought you were doing something, and you realised, man, goodness me, God brought that person at the right place at the right time. You know, and sometimes Jesus might knock on our door and he, he looks like Joseph, or he looks like Monique, or he can look like Barb, or he can look, because actually Jesus works through the life of his church, his body, and there are times when God will drop something on the heart of an individual and say, go and share that with your friend. I love the heart this morning, the activity around here. You know the best thing you can bring to this gathering is a personally prayed up self so you get into the presence of god with a revelation that we're gaining and say okay god i'm yours i'm fearfully and wonderfully made i can't hide from you i don't want to hide from you i just want to work with you what can you do through my life to encourage somebody else isn't that cool it's awesome man eh? and they've over the years, I've had the joy where God's actually helped me to see the statue and the stone of others, as He's been chiseling away in other people's lives. God's helped me to see it. And I go, oh, I can see that." And God says, "Cool, go and encourage that." It's awesome. then I still remember the first time we met in might attend. I don't think you were even a follower of Jesus then. But we just got chatting. Isn't that cool? And, and, and I, I love the history of God at work. You know what I love? History? His story. Isn't it cool? Clever people, the English people eh. I mean, what's the English word for history? History. Uh, no. But it, you know, isn't, it, isn't it cool? Like His story, his, He's our work within us. It's just beautiful. And so David knew all this, and then he throws this beautiful thing. God knows what we really need, number four, to live life to the full. He knows. David, with all the stuff that he realized, goodness me, I've got tired trying to hide something that you already see. I've got tired trying to run from something that you're already in. I've got tried, tired trying to be somebody I'm really not. I've got tired, doing a whole lot of stuff, but you know me. You know me, man. You know me. Verse 23 says, it's almost like David's going, in the revelation that he knows everything about me. Oh, God, search me. Oh, God, know my heart. Know my heart, am I? Know my heart, test me know my anxious thoughts have you had any anxious thoughts this week you know in New Zealand we are one of the highest medicated populace in the developed world more people on pills for anxiety or depression than any other developed country in the world This scriptures, search me, Father. Know me. Know my anxious thoughts. And then point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Have you ever had any stinking thinking? Hello? You know, does, does your thought patterns at times create stinking thinking? Search me. Point out if there's things that offend me. Is there, do, do you make mistakes sometimes? Do you put a toe over the line and realize, oh, my goodness, I'm compromising my walk with God? So you try to cover it up. No, no. What, you know what you do with compromise? You know what you do with sin? You know what you do with a deviation away from the right way? You do what the Bible says, and it's Repent. Repent sounds like so brutal, doesn't it? You're expecting the big guy with the big Bible to start pointing his curly finger at you. Like, repent, you sinner. Now, now, what repent means in Greek, metanoia. Metanoia, you know what that means? Change your thinking. Change your thinking. You can't run. You can't hide. You can't manage your stinking thinking. Change your thinking. Turn. Turn. That's what it means, metanoia, stop, turn, walk back to the light. Here I am, Lord. Search me, try me, test me. Do you need forgiveness today? There is forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Do you need healing today? There is healing in the name of Jesus. Do you need deliverance today? What does deliverance mean? Sometimes we feel disempowered or overwhelmed. Sometimes we've opened our lives up to even other spiritual entities that actually push. Now, metanoia, we make the decision and we turn back to God. But God can deliver. God can set free. God can forgive. God has that power. It's an awesome thing. Forgiveness, healing, deliverance, peace. The Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding. So it's when our heads get in the road of our hope. When our heads get in the road of our peace. When our heads get in the road of our acceptance. There is a peace that passes all understanding. The same thing. Metanoia. Stop. Think differently about this. Turn around. God, I'm coming back into your light. It's awesome. There's acceptance. There's love. There's joy. There's person. There's hope. There's a home and a place of belonging in the presence of God. This invitation that follows the revelation. Search me, Father. You know me. You know my heart. Test me. You hear my breath, and you know my thoughts. Point out to me my sin. You know my shame. Lead me. You know the best way for me to follow. It's awesome, eh? See, God loves us. He loves us. Why? Because he does. He's God. I love my kids. Sometimes I've asked myself, why? Why? Because they're my kids. I love my grandkids. Why? Because they're my grandkids. I love a lot of you. Why? Because we've got skin in the game together. We've done life together. We're in this together, but God loves us even more. John 3.16. Beautiful. I'm, I'm wrapping up now. There's a revelation. Hopefully you've heard something today. If you've heard anything, God knows you, loves you. Likes you. That's a revelation. He likes me. I know he has to love me because he's all loving. He doesn't say he's all liking. God likes us. Fearfully and wonderfully made. But look at this. For this is how God loved the world. See, so if something's broken, You need to get it fixed. If something's missing, you need to be able to replace it. If something has been burnt out, destroyed, redemption requires intervention. God intervened. Now the scripture says that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And again, you can pull that scripture out a bit. It's, it's not saying, once Peter got his act together, I died for him. Once he stopped being Peter, I died for him. No, no. Why Pete was still Pete, and why Bruce was still Bruce, and why Jackie was still Jackie, Christ died for us. Unconditional, you see. I died for you whether you want it or not. I'm dying for you whether you understand it or not. I am reaching into your world and bringing saving grace whether you have the revelation or not. It's not conditional on you wanting it. It's conditional on who I am. And I'm a God and I want you. Isn't that a cool revelation? For this is how God loved the world. He gave His only one and only Son so that everyone who would believe in Him would not perish. You know the word perish? And I like that word perish because it's so powerfully descriptive. Perish means to come to nothing. Amount to nothing. Fizzle out. Or spend your whole life doing something thinking you were actually making something of your life to find out finally that it absolutely means nothing. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God has given us this beautiful gift of life on earth, but he's given us such a powerful, redemptive invitation to have life with him forever in heaven. Isn't that a cool revelation? So it's your turn. I'm, I'm happy to pray for people, but Pastor Joseph, do you want to come up and wrap this up and give an invitation? You be you. Teresa, come. You got something to share? And then let's, there's an invitation here. And friends, Teresa's got something to share. Joseph's getting ready to do the wrap-up. You, my friends, get ready to respond. Okay. Because it's about you, not the person alongside you or around you or behind you. It's about you. And this invitation is about you. It's awesome. T?
1: Hi, everybody. Just, um, I had a thought and I was wondering how it was all going to tie in. But um, sometimes we know God loves us, but we can't get past the the past. But But God also gives us a dream and we wonder how that could ever happen. How we could ever do it, and I suppose I just want to say this morning that the gate was a dream, that was way beyond what we could ever do, and but we knew it was a God dream, and um, the detail comes later. But I just there's some people that I feel like the word disqualification is in your head. Oh, I'm disqualified from doing that because of this, and there's no disqualification with God, and. There's nothing that's too bad. So yes, God does love you and he likes you, but he actually also is not disqualifying you. And if there is a dream, if there's something that God has placed within your heart, you don't need to know all the detail. You don't even need to look at yourself. You need to change your thinking like Bruce said. See yourself as God sees you and actually begin to take those steps into the dream that he's placed within you. So... I don't know, if that's you and you've spent years disqualifying yourself, God is saying, stop it. Stop it. And uh, take the steps. You know, it's just one step at a time. Our daughter lost the ability to be able to to walk. We gave her a T-shirt which said one step at a time. And, you know, with God, it's one step at a time. So that's my encouragement today.